Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bulls Beat Podcast Show, the Chicago Bulls Podcast. Welcome back to the Bulls Beat Bulls fans. Doug Tonis here with you with the Australian Volcano, Mount Makoa, and Sea Red Fred uh, Pfeiffer. Uh, Mark, how are you doing today? Mount Makoa. What, what is Mount Makoa? What, what, what is this MKOA again? You're MKOA now. Mark K from yeah, Australia. But, but, so it's yeah, just but, Makoa just sounds like a volcanic island. And you're from I island. Like the biggest of islands, Australia. <laughs> It's good. So I just Fair enough. Go I thought Mount it was like a, a Hawaiian island or something. No, like no, that. no. Like it's I'm nothing. Like... It's nothing except I made it up. And now it's, I'm going to try and speak it into existence. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I think it's indicative of his erupting of Sea uh, Reddish. You know what I mean? He's very, he's very positive now. And it's, a, it's such a warm, uh, good feeling. Sea Reddish is in Cam Reddish? Or is that what you're referring to? <laughs> we did just see no, Cam Reddish. Be- Twice. You've left Dogable Nation and become a prince in in the Sea Red Nation. I think it's very nice and, <laughs> and very seasonal and very warm. And uh, yeah, as I was saying, I was watching Scrooge the other day, uh, Christmas Carol. You remind me of him, Mark. You you, you were very angry, very mad, very uh, upset. You very know, rot, um, about everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're very you know always complaining about the Butler trade and you know yes, why didn't we exactly. sign more Etwan Moore and all that stuff. You were like. Uh, you know, very, very, as a Benazer, you know, Scrooge-ish. And then I realized that you became this great prince of Bulls, Sea Red Bulls Nation. It's so warm. It's a very, it's a holiday story for the, for the, the children, to tell it to children. It's very it, beautiful. It's almost as if his opinion changed when the outcome of the team changed. <laughs> it's almost as if he thought it was lousy when it was lousy and thinks it's good when it's good. I mean, my, Did you ever my see Christmas Carol, Doug? Did you ever see it? Yeah. I, I saw myself and actually his nephew, Fred, like very, very merry, very handsome, you know, very like talking <laughs> about like, I don't have a lot, but I'm still happy. That's how I felt during these rebuilding years. I still enjoyed it. <laughs> and Mark was being very Scrooge's and now suddenly they're good and he's kind of, you know, developed into this very positive character, which is fine. I'm very happy about it. And it's a very good ending to the movie, but... It's there's very similarities, a lot of similarities between Dickens' Christmas Carol and what we have here in uh, Bulls Beat. Already, wow. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna jump in. To, How do we segue out of this? Uh, we're, we're, okay, we're gonna, let's go in. We're gonna segue into uh, Nikola Vucevic. What is your Vuce confidence meter at? Now, I've been obviously amongst everyone the most negative about Vuce uh, by far, and I think even my confidence meter meter is now very high. He's had five good games in a row now. And it feels like he's just out of this. Do you do you think we'll start with you, Fred? Do you think Vooch is out of this permanently for the rest of the season? Um, I would say yes. I would say. I mean, he was. I I think I've straddled both. You know, both opinions on one on one era on one uh, spectrum. We have Mark, who was very pro Vooch. I would say, Doug. I think you've led the negative Vooch group. I've been very measured in my opinion of Vooch. Um, you know, I think he's done a lot of good things defensively. He's been a lot better than I expected, frankly, in that end. He's an excellent rebounder. He's a great screen setter. There's a lot to celebrate about him, but he wasn't shooting the ball well. And that's where, to me, with this team, he's, it's, his, it's his most important skill. As a big who can hit the three, you're pulling out the, uh, the biggest competition, the, the biggest guys that are going to protect the rim to create opportunities for DeRozan and Levine. And he was failing miserably at that. But he's really, I think, kind of rounded into form to a player that's going to be the third best player in his team who's going to be a rock solid screen setter, kind of the hub of the uh, the offense when there's 
uh, double, you know, doubles out on the perimeter on Zach and, and DeRozan. I couldn't be more happy, and it's a great holiday story to make all the children feel warm. What say you, Mark? <laughs> well, can I? Uh, I take exception to one comment you made there, where you said you have been very measured throughout this process with which where whereby Doug was, you know, Doggable Nation and I was more C Red Nation in terms of our positions on um, on Vucevic. Can I read you a tweet, Doug, that um, was sent by a Frederick Pfeiffer on December twelfth uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think this I is am what he um, familiar with this, this is what he penned in this great tweet of his. <laughs> Please refrain from the I told you so tweets the next time Vucevic has a good game. Overall, he's been shockingly bad this season. We sent out a mother load of assets for him. I'm going to need to see two to three months of quasi all-star play before I feel good about him this year. So he he tweets that out. He tweets that out. He's going to need two to three months of quasi all-star play. And all of a sudden now, after four or five good games, Freddie's back on board. And this is the man telling us that he is a measured measured person that has measured takes. Give me a break. Give it a spell. (laughs) I've got a tweet I want to read of yours uh, later in the show. But go ahead. Doug, any comments on that? How many likes did I get on that tweet, by the way? I think that was going to... My uh, big fan of that tweet. A lot of people were. Go ahead, Doug. My only comment is I said I'm never going to read either of your tweets embarrassingly on the show because you just know like you don't get into certain types of battles with certain types of people, and I'm just going to lose this battle <laughs> regardless. So I'm not uh, I'm not petty enough, nor do I have a good enough memory to compete on this uh, on this level. Well, look, neither of us are going to come after you either way, Doug. So it's, it's fine. I think we're on the way to the t- good two to three months of solid play. And therefore, I'm feeling warmer and more uh, happy with Vooch. I, I think, though, come on, Mark. You got to admit, I, I wasn't all the way at Doug's point, right? I mean, I think on this argument, there was Doug on one side, me in the middle, and you on the other side. I think that's a fair assessment of where our stances were on Vucevic. Probably true. I think I think that's somewhat true. There's certainly no one as negative as me. Like, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's true. Like, I, was definitely, right. I was definitely on an island. And, you know, like even today, you know, like I said uh, recently, I'm, I'm happy with Vooch's play. If I look at him like he's Lonzo Ball, like this is just a, a role player, not a guy I really expect all-star performance from, but like a guy who's going to help the team. I think he's doing fine. Uh, I still would undo this trade. I feel like if you had the assets you used to get Vooch, you could trade them for uh, DeMontis Sabonis today. And I would rather have Sabonis. But if he plays this well, it's not really going to matter. Like it's it's not going to be that big a deal. Like he if he plays this well and the rest of the team is playing so well, it's it's going to be fine. Um, and you know even right now, like even though I think Sabonis is better, like I don't think his world's better. Like they're similar types of of players with kind of in a way similar weaknesses. So yeah, I, I I'm super happy he's playing better. Uh, and and hopefully it continues. Uh, my confidence rating is probably about like seventy seventy five percent. Like, I, th- I think whatever he, he was going through, I think he's done. And we're going to see, like, normal Vucevic-level uh, performance now, similar to his, like, his average of his last three years. I think we'll start seeing stuff like that. Maybe not in all the counting stats because he just has maybe a few less shot attempts. But in terms of the overall impact, efficiency, you know, everyone can lose a little bit on this team just because of, you know, Levine and, and DeMar taking, taking so many shots. I think you could make the argument, though, that Vucevic is a better – fit right now than Sabonis. I think Sabonis, we would all agree, is a better player overall. Down the road, he's a better player. I'd rather have him right now, probably. But right now, for this team, 
the ability to hit the three is so much better for Vucevic than Sabonis, who is shooting very poorly from three. And I think that's the most important attribute for this team to create room for our, our great perimeter players are attacking the rim. What say you? Yeah, look, a, a couple things. So, look, to touch on your point about like the confidence meter or, the, or how confident we are of, with virtual this remaining for the foreseeable future. So, over the last five games, let's call it because that's when he's been better. It's not like he's shot otherworldly. Like he's shooting 50, 50, uh, 51% from, from the field and just under 40% from three. So, definitely an uptick from where he was previously in the season, but it's not like he's shooting 70% or, you know, making four out of five three pointers or anything crazy like that. His true shooting percentage is like 58.5 or something like that. So it's it's better, it's good, but it's not otherworldly to the point where it doesn't feel, you know, sustainable of some sorts. So I think that should give us confidence. But I, I guess why I'm confident in this remaining or why I still feel like he's giving the Bulls a lot of impact is because I'm, I'm just, just a stat that I continuously track, through, have been tracking throughout the year. And even when he was playing poorly, like... Vooch is doing things that not many people in the league do in terms of defensive rebound percentage, um, assist percentage. Like uh, in ter- if players that have a d- defensive rebound percentage greater than twenty six and assist assist percentage greater than fifteen percent, there's only like five players in the NBA doing that at the moment. Vooch is one of them. The other four are Jokic, Embiid, Kevin Love, and I'm forgetting one other name. Uh, Giannis, Giannis. So. There's very few players giving you that level of rebounding, that level of passing. But then when you add in three-point shooting as well, there's only like a two or three players in the NBA that are actually shooting above league average. And Vooch is one of those guys. So um, in terms of all the other things that he brings to the game, uh, I still think he adds value to the team. Obviously, I want him to shoot better than what he was previously. But um, I'm, I'm still I'm confident what we're seeing now is what we're going to get from Vooch going forward. Because, I, and look, I, I, this is me just reading his body language from the court from the last few games, but it just feels different from that perspective as well. He doesn't look like he's in his own head as much. It doesn't look like he's forcing or rushing things. He seems to be in a better place. Um, again, I'm just viewing this from afar, literally from another, the other side of the world, but it, it, he looks more comfortable than what he did two weeks ago. Yep. I think all that makes sense. I think all that makes sense. It's great to see him play well. I don't know there's... A whole lot more to uh, discuss there. I think we're all kind of on the same page that what he's doing feels pretty sustainable. Like this is kind of, it's not way above his norm. And the impact on the team is actually tremendously high. And one thing I think is interesting is we've not really seen this team play at its best yet because we have not seen Vooch play at this level at the same time as Lonzo Ball playing at kind of his good game and Damar and Zach both playing their good games. We've never seen what I call our big four actually come and play well together at the same time. And so I think this team actually has more upside than they've shown. And they're 22 and 10. And they're 22 and 10 and can actually be better than that. You know, when they they actually, assuming, you know, everyone stays kind of healthy for the playoffs. So I tweeted this out, who has a better big four than the Bulls? And I was actually really shocked. I don't know if this just got into like other fans, like Twitter feeds for some reason. Or Bulls fans are just like still in significant denial because like the list of like people and, you know, sometimes uh, I think someone tweeted out once it was uh, podcasters have a tendency to take one person's tweet and then like act like it's this huge group of people. But literally almost (laughs) every response to this was like had this huge list of teams. And I was like, really? You think so? So I'm going to I'm going to run through some teams. Uh, we'll, We'll alternate who goes first on this answer. But so first. Uh, Bulls versus Brooklyn's big four. Uh, 
we'll start with you, Mark. Who are you taking? Brooklyn's big four being uh, Durant, Harden, uh, Irving. Clearly don't know exactly what he'll be like coming back. And then it's either Harris, Aldridge, or Mills. I don't know who you, you think their, their fourth guy is. Brooklyn or the Bulls? Harris. Yeah, Harris will be their fourth guy. Uh, I'll take I'll take Brooklyn in that instance. Um, Fred, any yeah. any disagreement? I, I don't know how it's debatable. They got a better record than us, and they still haven't had Irving play for him at all. I mean, well, that's it's not the only all team big I, four. I mean, you know, they can be doing better in other ways too. But yeah, I, that's fine. Either way, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I I just don't think it just comes down to team record. If you if you're going to compare like those those people, yeah. I think it's more than that. That's right. I'd still like. I think Brooklyn, if they had all four of those players, would be favored in this series against yeah, the yeah. Bulls. No one, no that's one probably disagrees. I think that that's totally reasonable. All right, Golden State. And I thought this was interesting, actually, looking at their big four, because I'm like, after Steph Curry, I'm like, I don't know that I really think their big four is that great yet. Their record is so amazing. But so with yeah. Steph Curry, presumably you have Draymond Green on that list, even though he's averaging like eight points a game. Uh, Poole, Wiggins, maybe Thompson when he comes back. Um like four of those guys. Like I kind of feel most uh, – well, Fred, we'll start with you. I'd absolutely take the Bulls ahead of that. Uh, I It's hard to believe, but, you know, Curry's so good. He's probably the first or second best player in the league, in my opinion, and he's got so much gravity. Uh, you know, I've always maintained that Draymond Green, although a great player defensively, is the most overrated offensive player arguably in the NBA. Uh, nobody guards him. He has very little gravity, and he's taken advantage of playing next to the two best shooters in arguably in NBA history. So – um, but you know he's a good player. I'm not denying that. I just like the four. If we're looking at a group of four, I think the Bulls have a higher upside with their four than Golden State. Now, with the caveat, I don't know what Thompson's going to look like when he comes back. I love that guy. I think he's a fantastic player. But two catastrophic injuries to your leg has to make you less than what you were. Um, but we've seen Durant and some other players come back from that. We'll see what happens. But. Right now, if we're talking about Curry, Draymond, Wiggins, and Poole, I take the Bulls for. Fred? Not Fred. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry to insult <laughs> yeah, you that no way. More compliments. <laughs> He's a Paula Jones. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How dare you. Firstly, uh, your take on Draymond just irritates me so much, but I'll, I'll drop that for, for the moment and just to turn to your question. <laughs> I think a lot of it does really hinge on clay like if he comes back and he's just a role guy then the the bulls big four is probably better but i I guess where i i'll assume that clay is half decent and and why i'll still pick the warriors is because the warriors have a a top five guy in in steph and that was the reason why i took brooklyn as well like durant he's the separator in in all of this so the bulls don't necessarily have a a top guy like that uh like a top five top three player like like curry like durant so I'll, i will lean warriors but potentially if clay just looks like a guy rather than maybe the clay we've become accustomed to in, in previous years then then maybe that changes it it despite curry being otherworldly good yeah i feel like i would have to take the bulls on this list you know i i i just don't think clay thompson's going to come back and look good at all and steph curry is amazing but zach and levine this year are both like top 10-ish kind of guys, aren't they? Do you, I mean, do you guys disagree, agree, Mark? No, I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking like I I would have to go back through with like a list of players, but you know, Zach and Zach and DeMar, like there may be better players in the NBA, but in terms of players who are having better seasons, like that's when maybe the context matters. Like James Harden may be a better player than DeMar DeRozan, but DeMar DeRozan is having a better season than 
James Harden. And, and similarly with Bradley Beal, like Bradley Beal may be better than DeMar DeRozan, but uh, he's certainly not been better this season. So like that context kind of matters to me as well. Same thing like with Jason Tatum as well. Like a lot of people will have Jason Tatum ahead of Zach Levine, but Zach, Zach's been better than Tatum this season. So it, it's an interesting no one. The, 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 no. the, for me, like they're top 20, top 25, if you want to be super conservative about it. Um, ultimately, you know, the, the level of play you're getting from these two is just, you know, outrageously good at this point. So it doesn't really matter as to, you know, whether you have them 12th versus 17th versus 22nd, like who cares? Like they're both, over the last five games, they've both been averaging over 28 points and over six assists. So like they're giving the Bulls everything we could have wanted. I mean, this isn't even debatable. Like there's no doubt, Doug, to me that uh, DeRozan and Levine, if we're talking about this season, you cannot name 10 players or nine players or eight players that have had better years than they have. You know, if you're going to take Tatum, hey, would you take Tatum or DeRozan? Obviously, you take Tatum because he's younger and, you know, going to has a much longer career ahead of him. But for this year, DeRozan's unequivocally played significantly better than Tatum. And so that's it's not debatable. Um, you know, I, I can't name seven guys better than him. Who's had a better year outside of Curry? Um, let's, let's just just run through the list. Curry, uh, maybe Jokic. Uh, who else is there? Durant. 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 Yeah, Durant. That's it. That's it. Like five guys. He's right there at five, six, seven. Both these guys. So it's a great place to be as a Bulls fan, man. Regardless where where you look at it, this is just an awesome time. All right, go ahead. This is maybe the most fun one I think for you guys to get some fireworks going. Phoenix Suns, start with you, Mark. We got Booker, Paul, Aiton, and Bridges. Yeah, I, I think this is really damn close, to be honest with you. And I keep making this comparison that the Bulls are very similar to the Suns. And, and I take that as a compliment because I think Phoenix is really damn good. So I think this is really close. I think Booker and, uh, Booker and Ball is pretty close to DeMar and DeMar and Zach. Like the Aiton Vooch one is an interesting one because. Aiton probably brings more defensively, whereas, you know, if you value shooting more, then maybe you lean Vooch, but I would probably rather have Aiton. And then Bridges and Lonzo is pretty damn close as well. So I honestly can't split this one, to be honest with you. And uh, maybe that's me. the fireworks. Yeah. Look, maybe. <laughs> well, were you expecting me to pick Phoenix? Yes, I thought for sure the, the Chris Paul fanboy was going to go in on Phoenix. Oh, well, I mean. I mean, Look, even I'll, if just, I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go with Phoenix just for the sake of the podcast. Even, Phoenix, even Phoenix, just Phoenix. to like annoy Fred, I thought you would have to go Phoenix just to like just to I, just I, to throw I've, in a Chris Paul's amazing type of thing. I thought you just have to choose Phoenix, you know. But it's okay. I don't want don't I I appreciate. it. I actually think your your comments are spot on, Fred. Well, I, I thought this is a fascinating one too. This really caught my eye because believe it or not, I think Bridges and Aiton are probably better than Ball and and Vooch. I would probably take those two, but I would definitely take Levine and um, DeRozan this year over Booker and Paul. You know, my feelings on Paul. He's, it, it, you know what? It's a very comparable situation, though. I will begrudgingly admit that Mark is right, that it is very similar in that, you know, DeRozan, like Paul, obviously brought significant stability, uh, veteran, veteran presence, and really improved the outlook for the team. I will say I have much more faith in DeRozan in the playoffs than I will in Chris Paul. And um, I, I can write a volume on the, on that and the reasons why, but I will not bore you with that uh, statement right now. But anyhow, regardless, I think we I think this is a very close one. This is as close to fifty fifty as anyone that we'll find. Man, maybe I'm the only one. I think I'll take the Phoenix group though. I think I think I think Booker is is probably pretty similar to Levine. I call that a push. Uh, I think Aiton and Bridges are 
I think a good chunk better than than Vucevic and Ball, and yeah, defensively that foursome is better. The Phoenix yeah, Suns. I think they're better, better. I think they're just better all around. I, I, just, just I'd like to throw this question out. Not really way better, but better. Since since we're we've just talked about both these teams, Golden State versus Phoenix. Who comes out of that series right now? If you had to put money on it, I I think Phoenix does. Yeah, I would probably I would probably take Phoenix. I don't think Golden yeah. State is like even though they've been tremendous. Like I just. It just has a very Derrick Rose-ish feel to it to me. Like when you get in the playoffs and it's Steph Curry and then all those other dudes, like I just don't know that I trust any of those other dudes to like consistently score and do what you need to do to win. And that Curry is going to start facing just mountains of defensive attention. And he's, he's unbelievable, unbelievable. But like I just I just feel like you can game plan and scheme around them better than you're going to be able to do against Phoenix, particularly mm-hmm. with like Golden State's defensive personnel. Yeah, I just I don't know. I like I like Phoenix. Yeah, if you series. watched if you watched the way Bridges guarded Curry earlier this year, I don't know how you can come away from that feeling great about Golden State's chances. So interesting. Uh, I think we're all in agreement on that. Yeah, is is Phoenix the favorite out of the West right now? If you had to pick a team, I would absolutely. The, uh, uh, that would be my. My pick at the moment. Um, so, in, in, in saying that, Fred, if you think Phoenix is going to come out of the West, do <laughs> you take back everything you've ever said about the no, Chris Paul? No, because trade? I'm such a fan of Mikel Bridges. I think he's an awesome player, <laughs> and, uh, and then I I love Booker. I think he's really good too, and I think they are both uh, you know disguising a lot of the deficiencies of uh, one Chris Paul. But you said that they would regret the Chris Paul trade and that giving up the 2022 first round pick would be a disaster. So. I, I will admit that was a mistake. I one of the seven percent. One of the seven percent. Fell into the seven percent of times <laughs> I've been 7%. wrong. Yeah. Do you like that? I yeah, I like, like that. that. Yeah. I love the way I we think bring we're ticking up. up to seven point two percent at this point. point sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so good. I agree Let's with that. Let's move I, on. We'll, we'll move on. All right. So the, the next one that I think is is kind of interesting is Milwaukee. So Fred, we'll start with you. We got Giannis, Holiday, Middleton, and I don't know who their fourth guy is. It might actually be Bobby Portis. <laughs> uh, right now, I mean, it's either Portis, Pat Connaughton, uh, Allen. I mean, I, I don't know. It's one of the, one of those guys. Uh, obviously, this is a little bit more difficult to judge since Giannis, to me, is so clearly ahead of everyone. Right? He's. We'd all agree he's probably arguably the best two way player in the league. So he's he's number one. And then you go to four balls better than Portis, Connaughton, or Allen. I mean, so it's kind of laughable. But I would still probably give the edge of Milwaukee on this one just because I really think Middleton's kind of taken another jump and he took it last year. Um, yeah, I would go with Milwaukee slightly. Mark, any disagreement? No, I would go with Milwaukee as well. Just, just again, for the, the two way factor. So like, it's funny, like uh, of all these teams we've noted, like all of these, well, Phoenix, Golden State and Milwaukee, like I, I would probably lean those, just those teams because of those four, four players that we're sort of listing here reference to to the Bulls for like all of those guys are like really plus defensive players or the majority of them like if I if I think about the the Bucks for example like obviously I would I would prefer Levine and and um, DeMar to uh, Middleton and Drew from an offensive standpoint but where they can maybe make that up is defensively whereas you know obviously DeMar and Zach like They've been better uh, def- defensively this season, but obviously they're uh, boosted some by the level of play that they have around them from Caruso and Lonzo and those sorts of things. So 
if of any of these four teams that we've actually listed, like I think the foursome where the Bulls could actually compete the most is with the Nets, which is kind of ironic given the, the fact that so mm. many of those guys aren't actually good defensively. I'd actually feel more comfortable about playing the Nets right now than any of these other three teams that we've listed just because I'm less scared of their defensive ability, less scared of uh, the Nets' ability to rebound and those sorts of things. So I, I would actually be very scared of playing the Bucks. And then, you know, assuming we were to get to, through to the finals, um, I would be scared of playing the Warriors and the Suns, but I'm actually least scared about playing Brooklyn right now, which is maybe a, a statement I'll come back to, to regret once Kyrie comes back. But having said that, if he's only playing half of the season or half of the games, then maybe that doesn't matter either. I, I would like to follow up on this statement because I do feel that the Lopez injury is really beneficial for us. Like if he doesn't come back this year, he's a guy that really – I think the Bulls, obviously, with our size deficiencies, would have had a hard time matching up with. So I think we're a little bit closer in Milwaukee, but I would agree with you, Mark. I think matchup-wise, we were definitely a little bit better with Brooklyn than Milwaukee. We haven't really played them enough to, to make these conclusions. But, you know, I always always say, like, let's use our lifetime fitness example. If we're picking players, we're picking Giannis first. I'm taking DeRozan. Based on how they had been this year, I'm taking DeRozan two, Levine three. Then I'm going Middleton uh holiday and then then vooch would you concur doug yeah yeah and i agree with both of you in the way like you kind of feel like you could maybe keep pace with brooklyn's offense because they can't defend you either and you actually have a lot more waves of defenders to throw at their guys and they have to throw at your guys you know even though their offensive players are better than ours like our defensive matchups are going to be much better like we'll at least have lonzo and caruso and DJJ, like we got waves of athletic guards, IO to like throw at these guys. And who are they throwing at our guys defensively? Like there's really not a lot that they have to offer there. So, yeah, but not at Giannis, though. That's the problem. That's where missing Williams really hurts here. Like I think you need more size against Giannis. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about Brooklyn. Not, not oh, maybe not Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Milwaukee, I agree. Zoned they're, out. Yeah. They're, they're two wayness. I agree. They're, they're better than us. So now I think those four teams, like generally, I think we all agreed more or less that like those four teams have better big fours than the Bulls, you know, and I think everyone should probably generally agree with that. You can argue that it's close here or there, but like generally, yeah, that's reasonable, especially when you factor in history and you don't just look at this year, but you look at like what you could expect and you you say, we're going to iron out like maybe DeMar DeRozan isn't going to continue to have the best year of his career at 32. Like maybe that's a little bit not going to be sustainable or something. So even if you, even with that, now here's where I think it gets to the point where I'm like, Okay, Utah, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, uh, Bogdanovich, and Conley versus R4. Uh, Mark, who you got? I would, I would take the Bulls in that instance. Um, yeah, I, I just I think they're more rounded in that in, in that specific foursome. Um, I think that, that Jazz lineup's probably maybe uh, a bit more exposable than maybe the other previous four lineups that we or four teams that we mentioned before. And um, I can't really trust Mike Conley to remain healthy. Um, and I think the Bulls would actually match up pretty well against the Utah Jazz, like against Gobert. Where, well, like if we think about Giannis, for example, like Fred, you mentioned that Lopez, you know, the size of, of Lopez would hurt the Bulls. And maybe if he comes back, that would hurt us more. But I don't, I'm actually more scared of the Bucks if Giannis plays center, to be honest with you, because then who the hell guards Giannis in that instance? And he becomes even more unguardable, in my opinion. Whereas with the Jazz, for example, like if we're thinking like a four on four type matchup, you can guard Rudy Gobert some because you're not necessarily getting out of your current scheme where you have Vooch sort of dropping back because you know Gobert wants to rim roll. So I, I, I'm not that concerned about the Jazz. Like they're, they're obviously a really good team, 
Um, but obviously they're not, they're not gonna, well, not obviously, but I, I don't think they're gonna come out of the West, and I think the Bulls could, that, the Bulls force them could easily uh, compete with those guys. Fred, any difference of opinion there? A little bit. I think Utah is the most underrated team in the NBA. I think uh, out of if you're picking a team, Mitchell would be my first pick out of both teams. So I think they're definitely a little bit better than Mark's giving them credit for. And I think that it's either them or Phoenix coming out of the West. So um, those are my two picks. I would still give the Bulls a slight edge just because Bogdanovich and Conley. Conley's faded enough now where I'd give a significant significant advantage to Bucevic and um, Ball at three and four. But they're, again, very close. I kind of put them right with Phoenix to me. I mean, I think they're a very underrated team. I, I get, It's Bulls. Easy. It's not even close. Not even close. Okay. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are both better than Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I agree. Like Donovan Mitchell, like good player, oh, maybe maybe one of the most overrated players in the NBA, though. Oh my god! Yeah, Can't like he's with that he's like more. he's like really good, but only a kind of slightly above average efficiency creator. Not a great, you know, assist to turnover guy. Oh, Just if, if Donovan Mitchell was in the same situation where Zach was, where he got drafted by a terrible organization and had to sort of languish in that for years and years. And then got traded to another terrible organization like the Bulls were. He wouldn't be talked about or wouldn't be revered in the same sense that he is now because he he goes to Utah, a team that's consistently good, goes to a situation where he's obviously not you know don't take it uh, as me saying he's not good or anything like that, but he goes to a oh, team that isn't isn't um isn't bad and he's able to step in and do the things that he's done. Whereas Guys like Devin Booker and Zach Levine, they had to toil away on terrible organizations for years and years to the point where their perception of them as players is so low that they have to work for years and years to sort of erode that away. Whereas Donovan Mitchell goes to a good team straight away and people think of him as the next Dwayne Wade type thing. So uh, I, I definitely agree with you, Doug, that DeMar and Zach, uh, if they're not better, they're, they're, they're comparable. And, and uh, I wouldn't say Donovan Mitchell is, is clearly better than those guys. Yeah. No way. Maybe that's a that's more crazy. fair way to say it. I think they're comparable. I think they're comparable. I would give the edge to both our guys, but I think they're in the same tier. Whatever, whatever group of players you said are around the same ability level, th- those three are in the same group. I, I just I'll point this out. The second best offensive player on the Bulls is either DeRozan or Levine, depending on who you prefer. The second best player in Utah offensively is who? Mike Conley. Who was the second best player on the Bulls last year? Well, I'm not talking about last year. I'm no, but about who was? Year. I know I'm talking about last year. Vucevic probably when he showed up. When he well, showed up. Well, yeah, for like the 15 Kobe games. White maybe. Kobe yeah. White. Yeah. It, Even similar, so, like, similar again, to answer like the a, question. Who's the second best to a, player? Oh, probably Bogdanovich. Player? Maybe oh, you answered your question. I mean, but those on. guys are both better than whoever Zach played with next last year, and Zach had a better season last True. year than Mitchell did. He was a better scorer last year than Donovan Mitchell was, well, with worse talent around him last year than Donovan Mitchell has. So I don't think I reject your argument. <laughs> Twenty-five, five, four. Yeah, he's good. He's very he's good. He's a free throw shooter. <laughs> yeah, and lo- lower lower efficiency rating than Zach. 57% yes. true shooting percentage instead of 63%. Because he's a better shooter, Zach. He's a much better three-point shooter. Wow, that All seems like points. something we might value. Just off the cuff. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> something we might. Anyway. Well, he's 25 move, years old. Moving Let's moving on. on. Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I, love, I love Donovan Mitchell. Like, he's a top 20 guy. You know, he's so maybe when I say he's overrated, it's just the people that talk like him. He's, he's going to be a top five guy. He's, yeah. he's like a top 20-ish guy. Anyway, uh, so we all agree that the Bulls are better than Utah. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I did. I think it's a little bit more equal than you guys do, but I'll I'll side with the Bulls. But but you still edged the Bulls. All right. Yes, yes, because of Here, three and four. Here's uh, this is the last one I think is maybe somewhat relevant. Is people who who not the last one people brought up, but the last one I thought was at least arguable. Like I totally, if someone said Utah, I wouldn't be like, oh, you're crazy. Like I don't agree, but I get it. Like I totally would get it, especially if you're anchored to past performance. All right, so the last reasonable one on the list: Miami Butler, Bam, Lowry, and Hero versus the Bulls four. Also fun because we get to argue Jimmy Butler versus Zach Levine and trades and stuff. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to go back and revisit this. I know that'll make you sad. Please don't. Please don't. I was about to. I was about to, but I won't. Let's not revisit the trade. We're going to move the trade out of this conversation, but just our four against their four. Oh, man. Oh, man. This this will test my allegiances, this one. Because Jimmy – I mean, Jimmy is still top five in virtually every advanced stat at the moment. So I'll put that out there. I'll say that. Oh, good one. <laughs> well, it kind of matters if you show up, right? I mean, come on. Best ability well, anyways, is availability. I, there you go. There's, there you go, DT. Quote of uh, our, our buddy, Big Dave. Always loves to say Anyways, um, I would – geez, this is hard. I will lean – I will lean Miami. Oh, geez. Just because I value Bam so highly and, like I said, uh, Jimmy, I think is – I think he's a top ten player. So, oh, really? Um, yep, 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 yep. Okay, right. So uh, <laughs> I'll leave Miami, but I think the Bulls are a better team because they have a, a better team. So, but if we're comparing the the four the foursome, let's say, um, I I leave Miami. I think those statements are just absolutely laughable. Um, DeRozan, <laughs> Levine are have both been playing better than Jimmy this year. They're no. both much better shooters. They're, I trust them a lot more when it matters. Um, you know, the playoffs, Jimmy's, uh, with the exception of what happened in the bubble, it's a very murky and cloudy and ugly oh, playoff uh, record. And <laughs> I have zero faith that he's going to do anything this year. Um, so, I mean, like, I, I do respect Miami. I think they're an excellent team, well coached, great organization. I think the Bulls are better, <laughs> one through four. And I cannot wait till we destroy them in the first round because I have tweets galore that are going to be flying out that are going to really ruffle some feathers. I'll end it with that. <laughs> Well, I like I like the Bulls, including your brothers, Mark. Go on. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially, yeah, I would be really, really uh, disappointed if my team beat the Miami Heat in the playoffs. Like that would really make me mad. <laughs> really make you sad. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Bulls, and I think I think Butler is the best player still uh, on the court. I just think the difference between him, Levine, and Demar is pretty small. I think he is a little bit better than those guys, but Demar and Zach are better scorers. And Butler is just better at kind of everything else. But then I look and they're like, to me, there's just a huge drop off after Butler to those next guys. Like, I don't think Bam is anywhere near the caliber of those guys. I don't think Lowry is anywhere near the caliber of those guys. I don't think Hero or Robinson, if you like him more than Hero, I don't think those guys are anywhere near the caliber. So I just, I think like after Butler, he's not so good. He's not like top five, like we were talking about with like Giannis and Durant and Curry, where it's like, the weight of that one guy being so much better than your guys carries you, especially because he's not on the scoring end. So I'll, I'll take the Bulls four over the Miami four. But I agree, like Utah, you could make the case. Some Miami fan who says like, nah, I like our guys, I'm not going to argue with them like crazy. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I don't agree, but I get it. Doug, does uh, Butler's 24% from three give you pause as, uh, as it no. did for Donovan Mitchell's 34%? <laughs> no. I mean. All right, fair enough. I Let's mean, like on. Jimmy Jimmy Butler has historically <laughs> been a very high efficiency <laughs> offensive player. Yeah, he's very dependent on officials blowing the whistle for him. And that's that fine if they, if they consistently do so. Then that's great. 
Yeah, Jimmy Butler is also happens. better at everything else in basketball than Donovan Mitchell, other than scoring too. Like he's a better defender. I think he's a better playmaker. He's just better at everything else. So yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. He's really good. Great. Glad we're here. <laughs> so when the playoffs come, we'll see what happens. All you, right. You I like Brandon it. a lot about guys' playoff Two performance for a finals. dude who's, Two who's backing Demar Derozan's like great playoff record. <laughs> like he, like Demar Derozan's kind of been pretty much awful in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think that's well, true. Well, go look it up. It's definitely true. It's definitely go talk true. to a Toronto fan. They'll they'll tell you something different. They've um, had disappointing runs more so because of uh, his other partner in crime during that, those years. Yeah, again, I'll, I'll have to look I don't it know up. that anyone in true. Toronto will agree with that assessment. And yeah, yeah. I'm gonna just say like that would be if a Toronto came fan came and lectured me about the Bulls. <laughs> like just not not a. I'll not provide a report next in. show. All right, that's report. great. Go, go report. He didn't do nice <laughs> in San Antonio for seven games. He had a good, and that's just his most recent playoff experience, and he had a good good series. There you go. Uh, but, but yeah, he's not been a consistent playoff performer. All right, now here's, here's where I think it gets uh, a little funny. Um, uh, Denver, Jokic, uh, Murray, who may or may not play well again this year off an ACL uh, if, whenever he comes back. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., who got quoted in this quote, but is out for maybe the rest of the season. And uh, Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. If healthy, I would – I would, yeah, this is hard, man. Because, I mean, that's, that's the question, if healthy. like, I, I, would, I would lean – I would lean – oh, Jesus Christ. I want to say, I want to take the Bulls, but I think Jokic is the best player in basketball right now. So I'm sort of leaning Denver just because of that specific reason. But having said that, like Vooch guarded him pretty damn well when we played them. So I'm going to take the Bulls. I'm just going to take the Bulls. I don't even think this is debatable. I agree with you, Mark, that Jokic is one of the top three players in NBA right now. But two, three, and four, I mean, come on. Is this even debatable? Michael Porter Jr., unfortunately, his career may be over. Uh, Murray is coming back from an ACL. Yeah, I like him. He's a good player, but he's not better than DeRozan or Levine. I don't yeah, think this yeah. year. And I don't think anybody can make that case. You know, maybe last year, yeah. And then Gordon, come on. I mean, he's good. He's having a good year, uh, probably underrated year. But would you rather have Ball or Gordon? I mean, they're obviously two different players. I'd rather have Ball all day. So I don't even think this is a, a question, You, despite Jokic, uh, the greatness of Jokic. Yeah, my my thought is it's it's the Bulls. Like, who gives a crap what Michael Porter Jr. might do? Dude's probably never going to play meaningful game of basketball again. And Jamal Murray coming off an ACL, like who knows if he's ever going to do anything again? Like, I mean, you can't ignore those things. That's not like saying like, well, anyone might get hurt. Like Porter Jr. probably is never going to be a good player again and is not actually ever established himself as that great. Aaron Gordon is like very pedestrian. And Jamal Murray, who knows? Another guy like in the Donovan Mitchell camp of because he had like this really exciting playoffs actually against Mitchell where neither one would bother to defend the other and they just both scored on each other like over and over again. They both got incredibly hyped for that. Okay, like Jamal Murray is not so great. So you got Jokic and a bunch of like, who knows? Not even close. Fair enough. All right. Settled. All right. The Lakers, LeBron, Anthony Davis... Russell Westbrook and uh, either THT or Melo. I don't know who you'd rather have with those guys. Bulls, Bulls. That's an easy one. The Lakers stink. Anthony Davis is a disappointment. I mean, he's 
<sighs> that guy annoys me. That guy annoys me so much. He should be so much better than what he is. And then don't even get me started on Westbrook. I mean, I would hate to be a Lakers fan right now. They stink. They stink. So uh, I'll, well, LeBron's turning it on, though, in fairness to him lately. He's playing definitely a lot better. Well, but congratulations to LeBron. They've won, they've won only <laughs> one of their last six games. Yeah. Um, well, you know, if you put up numbers on a losing team, that doesn't that make you an empty stats calorie guy like that people have often said about Zach Levine. So, I mean, that's only fair that we apply that now to, to LeBron, surely. I still feel like if Davis is healthy, I think they're going to get to the second round, maybe even to the finals, East Western Conference final. I think they're a good team if he's healthy and scary. How far did they go um, last year? Well, yeah, but Davis went out. They were going pretty far. They were dominating the team that ended up in the finals until Dominate. Davis went out. <laughs> they were. They wanted to come on. We go, look at game three, Lakers versus uh, Suns. Look who won that game. I mean, come on. What are you talking about? You, you also uh, egregiously ignore that Chris Paul was hurt in that series as well. But, yeah, continue, continue. No, that's right. That happened in, what, game three? Uh, regardless, I think Davis's departure from the Lakers was more impactful than – Davis Balls. has been terrible all season. He's, he's comp- not terrible. He, he, he's he, he can't shoot. He can't shoot. You, you want to talk yeah. about guys having one performance in the bubble and you bang on about Jimmy Butler, you bang on about you know whoever else you want to include in this bubble <laughs> thing, but you completely ignore Anthony Davis shooting on you know un, unsustainable levels from the mid-range, <laughs> something he hasn't replicated since the last two years. Can barely hit a three. You love a three-point percentage. Go look at Anthony hey. Davis's three-point percentage. He's terrible. You want to ride on Anthony Davis is terrible. That's fine. That's a that's not a car. He's I'm not terrible. Stay. He has been underwhelming. He stinks. so far this year he doesn't stink. He's very good. Doug. Yeah, I don't that. think Anthony Davis stinks, but I I love to say that the Bulls are definitely much better. <laughs> like I, me too. I, we all agree on that. So we all agree on that. On. So I got, I got that one. Um, Cleveland, uh, Garland, Mobley, Allen. I don't know if you like Sexton, Laurie, or. Rubio, I mean, Rubio's out for the year. I know Fred, you'd probably throw Okoro in there as our fourth guy, but... Uh, no doubt. Well, we know, we, we know Fred's taking the Cavs. So. Yeah, see, see I mean, Cavs, Fred is... <laughs> I'm not taking that. Cavs, I, so, Fred? I, I'm definitely not taking that. Sexton is <laughs> nowhere even near the top three. Like, that's the problem. If they trade him for a good player, I'm I'm very frightened of the Cleveland. I don't know how you guys, though, can poo-poo. What's Okoro's three-point percentage? A fat... <laughs> it's... Uh, hold on, let me look it up real quick. It's close. <laughs> it's it's rising. It's It's five points higher than Butler's. Take that. Oh, is Take it, that. Is it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How many Anyhow. attempts per game? <laughs> Regardless, let's move on. Coro is a great <laughs> defender. Uh, the Cleveland is going to be a problem in three years. We yeah, all agree. agree. They're already yeah, a problem Cleveland, now. Cleveland looks really good. I, yeah, I, I'd be, if I was a Cavs fan, I'd be extremely happy yeah, with how my franchise is is running. I think you'd, you'd be really happy with what you got going on and, and the base that you can build off of with that franchise for a while, too. Like, it's not like a bunch of – I mean, if you want to complain about one thing about the Bulls this year, it's like – you kind of feel like it's this year and next year, and then then what? Yes. But, and there's pieces they have that they can trade. That's what scares me about Cleveland is Love has played pretty decent this year to the point where – It's not going to get I, you anything. Come I on. thought, well, yeah, but, but you can still – he's still not like somebody that's going to – you know, you could say you can't trade him for nothing, I don't think, anymore. I think a contender would move him for something, and you know, he's not like terrible, Doug. He's been good for them this year. Yeah. I don't think that's debatable. Yeah, it's fine. Just, Mark, why don't you throw out your stat again? What was that stat? Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Love was in that five players that I listed before. But I, I will say the one thing that gives me some solace about the Cavs is they've gotten so good so quickly that I don't know if they're going to have that chance to get that wing scorer that they need, which is probably the one weakness that they have at the moment. I mean, they've got freaking Larry Markin and starting from them at small forward. So clearly they need 
some sort of wing option, and and, and Okoro is just not a very good player, so they, they need to replace him at some point. <laughs> so, but, but I mean, in terms of Allen, Mobley, and Garland, like that that threesome there is just freaking good. So maybe them being so good so soon will keep them away from the draft, or keep them keep them away from getting that wing guy that would you know completely change their uh, their outcome. But uh, yeah, they're really good. They're really good. But yeah, obviously we're picking the balls here. All right, so Fred, uh, New York, Randall, <laughs> Fournier, Rose, yeah. Walker, Barrett, quickly. Uh, it, uh, come on. Why even throw them in there? I think it's a complete joke, a complete laughing stock, the Knicks, and I, I couldn't enjoy it anymore. I know they've won two in a row against like the remainder of the Timberwolves. And uh, who else did they beat last night that was like at a shell of Pistons. their team? The Pistons. Pistons. Yeah, yeah. They, they barely act out a win against those two teams. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't tell you – how ugly the future looks for the Knicks. And it's so, it warms my heart so much. And just to think of all the ad nauseum and all the people, you know, just uh, waxing poetic about what a great place it was to, it is to be in New York. Ball chose Chicago. DeRozan chose, chose Chicago. Both of those players were available to the Knicks. They could have got both of those players. I couldn't be happier with how that franchise has fallen on their fat face. What say you, Mark? Right, no one actually picked the Knicks. I, we don't need to actually discuss it. I just, I just wanted to like roll into. On there? I just wanted to roll into your like Fred needs a segment to rip on the Knicks every week, and we didn't Be have honest, a good, we didn't have a good intro you, into it. So this where was would it. you this pick is, Randall this year? Like honestly, if we're, if we're at Lifetime Fitness, who are you picking if it's the Bulls and the Knicks? <laughs> it's probably fourth or fifth. Fourth or fifth, right? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I would probably had Alonzo. Maybe third, maybe third if he's on a, a, a hot streak. But yeah. I would take. Look at that team. Randall, uh, Rose, Walker, Barrett, quickly. I'd, I'd take five bulls before I'd take any of their players. All right. All right. That, that was just, like I said, just a joke. I just wanted thanks, I just, I just wanted to give you a chance. I know how you love to rip on the Knicks. I, and I decided for that up for me. instead of mocking it. you for it, I, had to, I just had to lean in. <laughs> lean I love into it. it. It's all um, good. The, and just another one that I got was the Pelicans. We don't need to talk about it because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, apparently Zion and uh, Ingram and whatever else is there is better than the Bulls for. Uh, I thought that was another good one. I can't believe um, you didn't put Atlanta on this list. That's yeah. another team I would have looked at. You know, what? Atlanta. So yeah, some people brought up Atlanta. We could we could do Atlanta real quick. I don't know. You nah. got Trey Young, uh, Gallinari, Bogdanovich. DeAndre Hunter. No. DeAndre Hunter. Their next. Their fourth. John Collins Lola. is their second best player. Oh yeah, John Collins. After, after that, it's like. Yeah, they're they're Capella nice role guys, but they're not. DeAndre Hunter. I don't know. Atlanta has a lot of better. depth. Like they get they get a lot of like good like decent guys, but yeah, yeah. their their top end yeah. is, is pretty low playing, after Trey Young. Reddish and I'm still taking R two. Hunter. Yeah. Reddish and Hunter. I mean, the biggest thing for them is Hunter. Losing Hunter, he's their best perimeter defender. They could have thrown him on, you know, Levine or DeRozan, and without him, it's just a complete disaster. All right, we're we're rolling towards your hard stop, Fred. And I don't know if you need to leave. I'm already past it, but I got five more minutes. So let's, let's, All right. Let's then keep on we, going. Got, we got two choices for you. You can either deliver story time or we can go to our regular segment where Fred talks about how good Io DeSumo is. <laughs> Why don't we postpone story time then? Because I think we need to talk about Io. Right. On November 25th, our good friend on the show, Mark, posted a uh, Io insulting poll. Uh, I don't want to really get into the how he phrased it, but. He basically read it. Well, read yeah, it. I, I don't have it in front of me. I just know the date. Oh. You, I, why don't you read Do it? Go find it. Go, go ahead. All I know is an insult to him. Like you kind of said, you're nuts if you're picking Io over Giddy on eleven twenty five. Since that time, Io's played nine game, 
nine games he shot 69.4%. And Giddy, a uh, very solid passer, got a nice future ahead of him, 36.2% over 12 games. Nuts indeed. What say you, Mark? How well, do you can I, can, can, Well, this is how I defend this. Yesterday, you tweeted this. Io's last game, 6-7 shooting, 14 points in 19 minutes, two blocks, one steal. Giddy's last game, 0-8 shooting, zero points in 27 minutes, one block, zero steals. And then you, you have some quote from some guy. I have no idea who he is. He's the Rams but coach. Yeah, go ahead. You, you <laughs> conveniently ignored that Giddy in that game that you referenced, despite him shooting 0 from 8 from the field, had 10 rebounds and 10 assists. So yeah. how disingenuous are you going to be to push this IO over Giddy thing? Can you at least be fact-based? The, yeah, I am fact-based. Uh, you know, IO was just 10 times the player defensively than Giddy is. And I think right now, like, I think IO is quickly approaching not tradable status because <laughs> I think this kid is so good and it's the physical tools and it's showing the skills that I saw in college that are, is now translating the NBA. I think the, the, the ceiling is much higher, higher than anyone expected. It's Sistine Chapel-ish ceiling. Oh, That's God. what I'm talking about. I, I hate, I hate to break it to you, Mark, but I'm with Fred on this one. No. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank I mean, you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not watched enough Josh Giddy to like have an opinion of Giddy in Iowa versus Giddy. So I'm going to ignore that. He shot 36%. No, no, no. no. I'm going to ignore, ignore Giddy versus Io. Like, I don't know the point of comparing Io to some random other dude on some other team whose role <laughs> is totally different and situation is totally different. You can't And shoot. also, also looks like he's off to a nice start to his career just in a very different way. Really? All right, yeah. go on. Yeah. But, but so ignoring <laughs> that. He's a poor man's Ricky Rubio, but go on. Yeah. And Ricky Rubio is a, Pretty yeah, darn I, good I player. That. And if if this is what he starts off with, I mean, like if he learns to shoot, which is maybe the easiest thing to improve as an NBA player, he could be a really good player. Oh, absolutely. I agree so, with you 100%. So, I mean, like I'm, I'm just like I would He's be super excited. I'd be super excited if we had Josh Giddy on our team about what he's able to do right now. Yeah. Like, And so, anyway, ignoring your weird feud over those two guys, which I have no idea why it exists. <laughs> Iowa has been really great. And here's what I have found the best part about it is that when he started out this year, I've made the joke like he was going to try and break Kobe White's record for percentage of shots blocked at the rim. Like he was just like just driving into mess and just getting himself into trouble. And like you don't see that at all anymore. Like his level of adjustment to what is happening in the game has been so high and so impressive. Like he was making just really good impact plays, but for every big impact play, he made another really bad mistake. And like just 20 games in now, it's like the mistakes are, are probably a quarter of what they were earlier. And that, that one thing of like how much he's shown he can grow while not playing that many minutes uh, has, has really impressed me. Now his percentages, like he's shooting whatever, close to 70%, like 80% of those baskets are like opportunity baskets. So like, I, like it's not like he's a it's not dynamic. It, it whatever you know what I mean though. He's, he's just I know like what you're ton, saying. Yeah. A ton of his shots are like, like transition opportunities, but he makes those happen with his hustle and his energy. Like that's still really good. But it's not like he could take ten more shots and still shoot sixty nine percent a game. Like he, you know, his shots are related to his ability to find open looks and, and at the rim and, and whatever. But sure. fantastic. It has it, been fantastic. He looks like he's going to be an amazing defender. I think it was your boy, Will, who tweeted out like Trey Young was 0 for 5 
yeah. for like two points or something with like Io on him and was mm-hmm. something really amazing with Io not on him. points, nine assists <laughs> against the other Bulls. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, Great like, job, Io is everything, everything I could possibly have hoped for. And if he actually learns how to be a, a shot creator and like does some of the stuff he did at Illinois, like those college-level skills, if those actually can translate up, his ceiling is so high. And his floor is like Alex Caruso. Like, that's the worst you're going to get is Alex Caruso in a couple years. What he's done to Trey Young defensively, it's not just to him, but it's overall. He is such a disruptor. And you you mentioned it, like Caruso defensively. That's where it is. Mark, I don't understand why you keep on denying this. Like, look how he blocked Trey Young's shot. It's amazing what this guy's doing defensively. Now, I everything he's done offensively, I expected. I felt like he had zero faults as an offensive player. I saw him achieve and achieve and excel over and over again in college. I'm not surprised about that. Defensively, I did not expect this. He's got the physical tools to do it. I, I, I cannot tell you how excited I am about him, and I'm glad that Doug's catching on. I can't wait till you catch on. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> this, this, this is what I said yesterday. I, I, I don't want to reference my own tweets because like this is extreme wanker behavior, but like two things I noted the other day against the Hawks. Like This is one thing I said. Love to see Io recognize he caught in the baseline in the mid-range and was smart enough to step back and instead take a corner three. A pro-Io tweet. I also said this, Frederick. Number 10 one. points, two rebounds, one assist, and two stocks in 12 first half minutes for Io. Getting this level of production from your second round pick is so insanely valuable to the point where it makes up for those first you've traded out in other big deals. So I don't know what you're talking about. I'm very pro Io. Io is awesome. And if he continues playing like this, as I referenced in that last comment, it makes up for all those first round picks that you sort of gave, given away. You, you you balance yourself out some. So the fact that he's delivering this level of play for, as a second round pick, you're getting this level of play. He's been he's been awesome. So I will. I don't know why you continue to say that I don't like Io, that I hate Io, that um, all this oh, nonsense that I don't believe in Io. Some of your direct messages where you're pointing out <laughs> Javon, in my Javante Green style of his mistakes well, that aren't even freaking mistakes. That's they why. are. All right, listen to finish this up, Doug. Mark on his great show, which I'm enjoying now that Will's on it. The Bulls <laughs> HQ had the audacity, the audacity to call himself. The uh, Levine and DeRozan, him and Will, the Levine and DeRozan of Bulls Pods. I got to point this out. Now, Will, young upstart, I like him. I might call him Lonzo Ball, but Mark, you are not Levine or DeRozan. Matt Matt Thomas, maybe? Devin Dotson? McClung uh, of the Bulls Pods, but you're not Levine and DeRozan. That's for uh, me and Doug. What say you? I I say that I'm... The Nazi Muhammad, you know, kind of like the, the <laughs> elder statesman way past his prime <laughs> was good like a decade ago, but like <laughs> doesn't not. Matt Thomas so is now. hot now. <laughs> Matt Thomas is uh, tearing it up. What say you? So it's not well, a, it's not a dig, Mark. You're valuable in what you do, Matt Thomas. Well, I'll just, I'll just, I'm looking at the stats right now. The Bulls are actually 3.6 points better on, when uh, Matt Thomas is on the court. So maybe that is a compliment. But can I just say this? Maybe we can close on this fact. Right. Because Javante Green was fantastic against the Hawks yesterday. Not one word from Frederick about Javante Green. And guess who is 7.7 point? I'll, 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 let me rephrase that. And this is key because it's the number seven here, Frederick. Seven. <laughs> The Bulls are seven point seven points per one hundred percent per one hundred possessions better when Javante Green is on is on the uh, court. Seven point seven points per because he's playing with starters. He's playing with the best players. He's I, playing with. The I other mean, it's four. sevens, Fred. 
You got to get seven. You got to seven. I will hand him that. I will hand him that. Javante Green, uh, come on, is not. We we all should agree on this. If this team is going to win a title, he cannot be in the rotation. From the three point line, he's like a dirty diaper filled with galumkies. I completely disagree with that. People do not guard him at the three point line. People run away from him like they would a dirty diaper. Yeah, then then he goes and dunks on them. Yeah, but he goes and dunks. I like that. I like that aspect of him. But my point is here. I would rather have Williams come back. This is where we're all going to disagree here. I think Williams is an upgrade on him no. at the power forward for Maybe. position. Why do you reference Javante's shooting, his three-point percentage, or whatever the hell you want to reference? But then you you you, you preach at the um, you know at the at the shrine of Isaac Okoro. Like it doesn't make sense to me. How can you be so inconsistent? <laughs> I don't think I'm being inconsistent. I think Okoro is more aggressive defensively than. I think I catch Green standing around watching too much. I do like that occasionally he attacks the offensive boards. He is aggressive when it, when there's a dunk at the end of the play, but he's not always like that. It's too intermittent. Well, compared to yeah. Patrick Williams, is sure like that a lot. Well, let, all right, maybe you're right. But let's just I'll, say Javante Green is not as skilled as Patrick Williams. I, I think we can all oh. agree with there. Let, right, me, let me just, breaking news there. Let, let me just say this about <laughs> Javante Green. Like I don't think he's a great player, but like – if Javante Green is your eighth man or your ninth man, I think that's fine. And that's probably about the type of minutes he'll play. I'm fine in the playoffs. You know, man. like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter if he's if he's playing chipping in like fifteen minutes a game and he, and you can then have like Caruso, Green, and uh, Derek Jones Jr. all go balls out every second they're on the floor because they don't have to play like thirty five minutes and they can play with more aggressiveness. I think Javante Green can help you. I, I, he's not. He's like maybe the lowest end guy that they'll have in the rotation if everyone is healthy. But I still think he's he's not going to kill you. So, so the numbers I was referencing before were net rating. So over over 100 possessions. There's only two Bulls that have a greater on court net rating than Javante Green right now. And, le- and there's three, but I'm ignoring one because he's barely in the rotation. Who are those Who's other that? two? I would say it's got to be the Rosen. Yes, he's one. Levine. No. 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 Oh, Ball. It's got to be Ball. It's not ball. It's Caruso. They're the only two that have a greater uh, net rating when on the court than Javante Green. Well, and Javante is 7.7. 7. 7. 7. seven. <laughs> yeah, let me so study he's... this a little more. I may, All right, we'll, we'll get I back. Apologize. Yeah, maybe me, like, next week. Maybe next <laughs> let me bring week, this to my, my friends over at the University of Northeast Idaho. See what they say. I'll crunch the numbers, but I'm telling you right now, I, I do feel the Bulls need to upgrade that position. I don't Can even I know why this is being one debated. One last stat as well, but before you uh, exit yeah, the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Io, when Io is on the court, the Bulls are actually negative 1.7. And when Io is off on off the court, they're actually seven points better. So I'll just leave you with that as well. Seven. Well, the sample size is not big Seven. Enough. It's not big enough. <laughs> the sample size for this matters. So it's not big enough. And I think your numbers are uh, junk science. Let's be honest. Really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Fred, there we go. Fred was very positive about on-off numbers until I pointed out that Io actually had the worst on-off on the team. Yeah. I was and then, not then, then he ever became, positive. I never believed in on-off. I only believed in the plus-minus individually, occasionally. <laughs> when it's I'm when trying to even lose track of all my points. This has not been a good ending because I'm. All right. Wasn't your hard stop twenty arguments. minutes ago? Yeah, yes, it was. Yes, hard stop was twenty minutes ago. Time. <laughs> We appreciate the escape pod that uh, Mark gave you, Fred. Godspeed. Uh, I got a great story next time. Uh, next sounds great. great. Story. So yeah. for, for Mark and Fred this time, instead of Mark and Doug, Mark and Fred, <laughs> this has been the Bulls Beat. Thank you for listening. We'll, well I got one more thing to say. Catch you guys next week. Listen to the song, I Want to Be Free by the Monkees to understand my next story. All right. All right. 
and, between now. That's your homework assignment. And okay, if bye. you if you're still made it to here and you want to go to the Bulls game with the Bulls beat crowd on January nineteenth, I believe I'll have a few more tickets available. So and I'm can, coming. I'm coming and, now. Okay, and you're coming. All right. Just for clarity, am I editing this out or is this staying in? No, this is staying in. Ebenezer, okay. it's so good to have you a part of uh, Filled with the Christmas Spirit. Godspeed, everybody. And Godspeed. Merry Christmas. And go Bulls.